That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. They couldn't keep me company as humans, so they kept me company as animals, said Lupin. A werewolf is only a danger to people. They sneaked out of the castle every month under James's invisibility cloak. They transformed. Peter, as the smallest, could slip beneath the willow's attacking branches and touch the knot that freezes it. They would then slip down the tunnel and join me. Under their influence, I became less dangerous. My body was still wolfish, but my mind seemed to become less so while I was with them. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way its themes and its story have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 18. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. In this chapter, Professor Lupin shares his secret past that involves Sirius Black, Peter Pettigrew, and Harry Potter's own father, James. Welcome to the Restricted section. It's me, your host, Christina, and um, Haley is also here. Hi. Sound off. Hi. Sound off. (laughs) Brooke, there you are. I am here. That is correct. Well done. Well done. And I'm super stoked that today our very special guest is Jade Gebby, a friend of the pod, comedian, and um, Harry Potter fan. How's it going, Jade? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How is everyone? Doing great. Doing good. just freaking fine. Good. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> mid-level fine. Peachy keen. We are just peachy like, keen. <laughs> lukewarm. <laughs> you started really optimistic and then it kind of, you kind of lost it halfway through that. I'm feeling fantastically fine. <laughs> I just came back from a bachelorette party weekend. Oh. Slash hen do for Jude's Thank you for translating. <laughs> I know that word from that book um, in a dark, dark wood. It's like he- a hen party gone Super wrong. Oh, (laughs) sounds good. Yeah, we were just like camping out in the woods. That's lovely. Oh, nice. It was delightful. We went to Maryland, which, you know, who knew has nature, has like nice nature. It's true. One of my favorite hiking trails is in Maryland, but so barely. It overlooks the Potomac, so. (laughs) Where in the 10 square feet of Maryland do do they have nature? No, it was like (laughs) out in the chunkier bit towards towards West Virginia. Oh, okay. Maryland is a really long state yeah but it's like horizontal long um we Jade have- is staring at us like wow what yeah. riveting conversation <laughs> <laughs> is is everybody in the world not super fascinated by the geography of the mid-atlantic yeah. i mean now i am i'm on it all i know about them is all we have about maryland is uh the little cookies like the little biscuits that's like the thing what? No. What? I I really okay. So in the UK, these really popular um, chocolate chip cookies or biscuits, I would call them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Again, I'm translating now, and um, they're called Maryland cookies. And oh, I assume they were. F- from Maryland, but or, or Maryland. I, well, okay, yeah, no, there's a, there's an easy way to figure out the answer to this. Do they contain Old Bay? <laughs> Which is a spice that maybe it's, other people... It's a spice oh, blend okay. for seafood. <laughs> that but that it Marylanders is. notoriously put on everything. And when I say oh, everything, really. I do mean everything. 
I once bought a lottery ticket that was old base scented scratches. Um and Jay, just be super clear, I'm reading the UK edition of this book, so you don't have to translate for me. Oh brilliant. I wonder how I wonder how different like it is. There's definitely some differences that I've noticed just because I've read the American editions probably like mm. 15 times. So just like little things. The one thing that really caught us up, and I think Brooke, you were on this episode, maybe you Haley was when instead of studying, they talk about revising. Oh yeah. yeah. That's one that really I'm like revi- like that's like it's something not, you do to like an essay. It's not what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like rev- revising for their exams and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, Jade, tell us a little bit about your very hairy history. How did you get involved with the books, the movies? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've been... This this book, which I'll hold up for you, obviously, I know a podcast, so I won't be able to see it, but this book is like... <laughs> I remember with this particular one, with Prisoner of Azkaban, so the first two books I got into when the second book had come out and I got Mm -hmm. both together. And then this one, I by this point, I was so into Harry Potter that I went to um, the shop when the book came out to, like, queue up with a little school friend of mine. It's 1999. I checked today was the first edition date, so I was nine coming on to 10 Mm -hmm. so I was like queued up and I was really jealous because I was just like dressed normally but there were other people in the queue in like capes and stuff like that and I was like oh I want to be I want to be wearing the capes and everything so I was like a fan since fairly pretty Mm -hmm. much the beginning um and then just like absolutely was hooked and like every single book like got either went to the shop or got delivered it got to the point where nearer to the end I got them delivered to the house so that Mm -hmm. I could just like read them just start reading right there yeah exactly just read like the whole weekend just head down so there's no spoilers so no one can ruin it for me oh yeah Um, the films I mean I have seen all the films obviously but I'm not as connected to them as I am with the books yeah and that's probably the same for most people but um yeah, no, I do. I do like them, but um, they're like fun to watch. But it's like you got to take them. It's just for entertainment value. Exactly, exactly. And I think the thing, and probably all you have found, and those of your guests have found, of because we're such big fans, it misses so much out, and like so much of like the backstories mm-hmm. and the reason why, and then it's like oh. I just end up feeling like, oh, well, no one knows why this has happened. No one's well, got the context. Oh, you mean like yeah, this entire this chapter, chapter that gets skipped <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this whole backstory explanation <laughs> that changes everything. Why yeah, I mean, explain things when you can scream? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the most like action-y, exciting chapter, but like, damn, it's important. Yeah, it's pretty pivotal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Real quick, I want to out Jade because she has a really bomb Harry Potter tattoo. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I, yeah. So when we were in New Zealand, which is where me and Brooke met, um, I went. We found this really, and we went to the same. Yeah, we were actually we went to the same um, tattoo parlor uh, to get our tattoos. Uh, I think you were like a week after when I got mine. We didn't go at the same time, but yeah. we went pretty close to each other. And I got this really big tattoo. It's really cool, actually. Um, I. We'll send send you a picture because I have to take like my trousers off to show oh, you. Gotcha. So I'll send you a photo of it. But okay. it's like like I'm really into sort of like navel pin y kind of tattoo. Ooh. So it's it's not a pin up, not like a pin up of Harry Potter or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Well, but you've it's lost like, me. <laughs> <laughs> 
is like a cool, like quite brightly colored. It's pretty big. Um, it's got. Do like, you mind if we post the picture on our Instagram account? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's got like Hell a yeah. wand and it's got like snitch. It's it's quite. Oh, that's so it's pretty cool. cool. Um, oh. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's cool to some people. It's, it's very <laughs> okay, well, very this lame is the to right other people. Crowd. <laughs> yeah. um, and when I got it done, I fainted while I got it done. So I really <laughs> like was there that for the cause. You've never been more connected to Harry in your life than when you fainted. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I have a super basic Harry Potter tattoo, so I always admire... I just have the Deathly Hallows, and it's like oh, every, nice. o- every other bitch who's ever slightly liked Harry Potter has the exact same tattoo. But <laughs> It's a good one, though, because it's like... It's a classic, and it's like... Uh, you know, it's like a brilliant symbol, and it looks so good, so it's like, why not? Yes, exactly. Um, so Jade, what Hogwarts house do you identify most with? Well, I always want it to be Hufflepuff, but I think the reality is maybe like Ravenclaw, maybe mm-hmm. like a mix of both. Like I like, and I, I like obviously Gryffindor's good, but I just know I wouldn't be brave enough to be <laughs> in Gryffindor. And I just think like Hufflepuffs seem really cool, but and like fun, and they're kind and they're sweet, but. It's one of those things where more recently I've been thinking, okay, what are you really? And I think mm-hmm. Ravenclaw. I don't know yeah. if Brooke might think no, I'm one I, or the other. I think that like you have all of the like inherent attributes of a Hufflepuff, but like deep, deep down, too many people annoy you. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah i'm not i'm not um as chill as a hufflepuff mm, mm-hmm. there's hufflepuffs who aren't chill i mm. i'm i'm a hufflepuff who's not often very chill mm. so you're a hufflepuff what what is everyone but the others are ravenclaws We're deeply yeah, ravenclaws. ravenclaw like yeah. classic ravenclaw Haley, <laughs> i don't know why i just always think about when you when we were talking about King Boomy from Avatar, and you were like, he's weird in the way that Ravenclaws are weird. And now every time anyone's like Ravenclaw, I'm like, yeah, she's weird in the way that Ravenclaws are weird. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you are, for sure. <laughs> you and your fish tank. That's like the most Ravenclaw shit, dude. Don't get me fucking started about the fish tank. I will bore everyone for 20 minutes. <laughs> Haley's been delicately and slowly pH balancing a fish tank for like a month now. Oh, I think it's been wow. long. It's been like a hot minute. It's been about two months at this point. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fish in it. And how's what stage is it now? Is it close uh, to getting I've fish, got or? the pH balanced. Uh, she got me started. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the pH balanced. I won't go into the details of how, but it involved crushed coral in a sock. Um, and so now that I've got that figured out, I've got uh, a good, like my ammonia is down and my nitrites are up. And now I just need to wait for those to all turn into nitrates. And then I can get a fish. When we ask Haley how she's doing and she says, I'm fine, this is what she really wants to say. <laughs> you yes. should do like a spin-off um, fish tank podcast as well. <laughs> I, fish I, talk. Dude, no, I, I made the mistake of discovering uh, like YouTube videos about like intense aquascapers. Like these guys who go like no filter and like they just create like like an aquatic terrarium with like shrimp and stuff. And <laughs> No filter I'm like sorry. a cigarette. No filter like an actual filter or no filter like these guys go ham like raw unfiltered fish all day. I mean both. Like there's both. there's no physical filter in the water so it's just 
they're just letting the plants do the work. And then they'll play like Debussy over it and I'll just sit there for eight minutes like, I'll never be this good. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, you will be that good. Mm. I have nothing but faith in you. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, Harry Potter. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> so today we're talking about Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 18, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. You mean Lupin explains it all? Lupin explains <laughs> it all. Yeah, basically it's Lupin giving the equivalent of like a villain's monologue, but like he's not a villain. He's, he's just telling the whole story of the Marauders for like mm. approximately five pages. It's a pretty short chapter. And it changes everything, though. It changes mm. everything. Um, yeah. So it's super weird that they skipped it in the movies. Um, I got very, like, hi- end of a heist movie vibes. Because it's, like, Lupin and Hermione basically squaring off. And yeah. you can, like, you can almost feel the, like, thumping soundtrack behind as they, like, go back and show you all the sleight of hand. It's like, you would think that I wasn't a werewolf, but actually, it's like they turn <laughs> around and it's like... It's like, now you see me, or like those kind of films, when they like oh, reveal yeah. how it was all done. Right, exactly. Hmm. So the frustrating thing to me at the beginning of this chapter is that, um, I mean, pretty much throughout this whole like six chapter long climax, Sirius Black is trying to like take action and Lupin is trying to explain it themselves first. And here's hmm. the thing is, you're like, Sirius Black, calm down. But, like, he's right, and him not being able to just kill Peter Pettigrew immediately is, like, is like the worst thing that happens to this book series. Truly. (laughs) And, God, just... But Sirius is doing himself no favors through this, like, this whole sequence of events. He's just like, only one will die tonight. Like, just (laughs) say, just explain the bare minimum before you do anything. Yeah, exactly. He's definitely acting like a dog who has been stray for so long that Mm. he's, like, really misbehaving, you know? It's just like, (laughs) think about, think about who these people think you are, and then think about the words that you're saying and how you sound like a fucking supervillain, dude. Yes. Exactly. He's laying it on thick. And I do think as well, like when I was rereading it, I was like, whoa, he seems like such... I mean, obviously, like you say, he has been like a dog for like ages and he has been in prison for ages before that. But he just seems like such a different character, like completely. And it's like, come on, like you say, just explain like the tie. It's just one sentence would help rather than being all like mysterious about it all. Yes. Okay, so finally Sirius Black is like, all right, tell them. <laughs> Ron, Harry, and Hermione are like, not re- they're just not ready to hear anything. Like, they're like, it doesn't matter. You're all, you're a murderer and you're a werewolf. I'm not trying to hear reason. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of screaming. I mean, Lupin just kind of starts, I don't know. It's hard to, like, describe what happens in this chapter because he's just, he's explaining everything. So, so- he starts, oh, go ahead. The most nonsense thing that I kept coming back to in this chapter is, like, every now and then, we just do, like, cutaways to, like, and what are the other characters doing while this is happening? And, like, Ron is just sitting there being clawed to death by a rat for this entire conversation. (laughs) It's like, it's like Scabbers was biting his face. And I'm just, like, there... (laughs) I'm just imagining Lupin having this very calm, like, and then you see, next we had to, and Ron is just, like, aggressively face-fighting a rat. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, like, so, it's so crazy to me that Scabbers is still fighting at this time, Mm. because, like, what, is he gonna get out of Ron's grasp and escape the room? 
You know what I mean? Like, is he is like? Well, because he's small enough that like, yeah. if he can just get free, he can probably like get in a hole that no one else can get in, which mm. he tries to do in the movie. Yeah, yeah, like go into a mouse hole. I hate yeah. that bit in the in the movie. Actually, I hate it, but like, it's really frustrating to me that like when he, I as far as I remember, he like goes and then suddenly changes into the creepiest character that actor i really like him but oh my god he's so he makes my skin cruel he makes me feel sick just looking at him the thing that irritates me about that scene in the film is that they're like okay in order to perform this spell on this this person that we think is a criminal who's been in hiding for 12 years like the first step just let go of him we don't want him to be restrained in any way i'm gonna i want this to be like target practice let him (laughs) run around the room a little bit it's like there's no need for that Mm. For sure, keep a grasp on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lupin's talking. Lupin's like, um, okay, like, it's Peter Pettigrew. I saw it on the map, right? And the Marauder's map never lies. And everyone's like, they're crazy. Like, Ron, Harry, and Hermione, there's some some line about they make eye contact, and it's like, they're all crazy. <laughs> you mentioned about the Marauder's map there. And, like, two things came into my mind when I was reading that. One is, like, why it doesn't really... I mean, obviously, it is a bit of a weird thing for them to say, but Harry has seen, like, Peter Pet- Pettigrew on the map. So the fact that, like, he's instantly, like, they're mad when it's like, okay, he could question it. And also the other thing, which is, like, an obvious thing to say, and everyone says this, but why did the twins never think this a guy who's supposed to be dead, but also a middle-aged man is, like, sleeping with our brother every night, like, I think, they just, <laughs> I think they just didn't know who he was, but like, they, I mean, I would have investigated my younger brother shacking up with any hu- any human because he's yeah, 13, exactly. you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Especially like a name that they haven't heard. Because... I'm just, now I'm just picturing the twins having like a very intense private conversation about do we or do we not confront our brother about being gay and like tell him that we know and that it's okay and we love him or do we just like let him come out in his own time? The thing with that, oh, that is that would be so nice. <laughs> we ke- we keep talking about how the twins must be so accepting c- to let their brother be gay, but it's like to me the issue here is that he's thirteen and, sh- and really should be sharing a bed every night with n- nobody. <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. It's not the fact that it's with a guy; it's the fact yes. that it's he's, he's so thirteen, <laughs> and also because they know that he's not in his year. It's also like, yes. who is this person that we've never heard about? <laughs> That's the thing. I went to a really small high school and like Hogwarts, we have had some recent debate over how many kids are there at any given time. Mm. But like, let's throw out the high number that we get from the book, which is like 400, assuming approximately 200 kids per house. You know everyone at that school. Mm. Like there's Especially not a surprise your... mm. amongst them. There's yeah. no reason why they should be seeing this name and being like, huh, ain't, ain't that funny. Unless, and here's going to be my pet theory, all right? I'm submitting a new fan theory. Okay. <laughs> we don't know for certain that our animals refer to themselves the same way that we refer to them. We give them names. But I believe that animals have their own names for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I am assuming that they're like, well, we call him Scabbers, but clearly he thinks of himself as Peter <laughs> Pettigrew. And that's why he displays that way on the map. Um, <laughs> A related theory that someone's brought up before on the cast, can't remember who, so sorry, um, is that, like, 
Scabbers belonged to Percy before he belonged to Ron. And so mm-hmm. someone raised the theory that maybe Percy named Scabbers something really pretentious and similar. Because Scabbers mm-hmm. isn't like a Percy name. That's like a Ron name. Yeah. So maybe the twins were like, uh, Peter Pettigrew. I think that's what stupid Percy named his stupid rat. I don't know. Something like that. And also as well, that's actually makes so much sense because of the kind of person Percy is and because of the kind of person everyone thought Peter Pettigrew was. It could as well be that he named him after this like fallen hero kind of thing. (laughs) And so that's, and they're like, oh yeah. And they just assumed, oh yeah, he called him after like the guy who was supposed to be amazing that died. Wow. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so Hermione's trying to like reason with Lupin. Brainiac to Brainiac. Let's think about this logically. No, the answer is no to this. Hermione's like, I have scholarship. <laughs> My mouth struggled with that word. I don't have scholarship. Hermione Hermione has receipts. Hermione has yeah, references. Like she's like per the registry of anime animagi. He's not on there. The answer is no, he's not an animal. Because it, it never occurred to Hermione that one could do something like this outside of <laughs> the rules. Mm. I mean, to be fair, she says that there are only, like, what, six? Yeah. There have been seven mm. this century. Yeah. This it's century. a miracle that these kids pulled this off on their own. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a bunch of what fucking, they said it took them to their fifth year. So you expect me to believe that you have to be McGonagall level smart to figure this out. There's seven people this century who have done mm-hmm. this. And also three 15-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like, I know they're supposed to be clever, but if they can do it, probably a lot of adults can. Yeah. And it sounds so cool that, like, wouldn't you learn to change this? I would. I would, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I want to be a bird. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, what animal would everyone want to be if they could? I want to be a parrot. I call a parrot. I, okay. I would pick a dog or like a mountain lion, like a like a, a pretty medium sized like mammal. Yeah, mm. I mean, I feel like being a dog is kind of where it's at. Yeah, a dog. Yeah, yeah. runs yeah. so fast, smells so good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy to see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a horse could be quite cool because then you. Uh, I, I would be. I would be down to be a wolf. A wolf. Oh, wolf. Mm. Yeah. 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 I want to be a bird because I like flying. That's mm. literally it. That's and you fair. can travel as well. I watch a lot of drone footage, and I feel like it would just be a great way to get your own drone footage. Yeah. You should be a hippogriff. Yeah, I don't know. Perfect. Apparently, there's a dangerous profession in this world. There are a profession of being a hippogriff. There are government-assigned animal assassins in this world. Okay, like, I don't want to. I don't want to be a hippogriff until I know whether they uh, have an anus or a cloaca. Oh, no, I want, they, I want that answer. They, they have an anus, um, because in the movie, Grace pointed this out to us when I raised this question. They, it, it, in the movie, the hippogriff takes a visible solid shit. <laughs> okay, all right. So that's a butthole right I there. Could, I, could live with ha- I could live with still having a butthole. I do not, I don't know why, but I really don't want a cloaca. It's too foreign. It's just, <laughs> it's, I had just, I learned what that was, like, in my early 20s, and I was like, oh, I hate knowing that. I learned what it was from reading the fucking Guardians of Gahul series. I, I, I learned what it was from watching The Strain. The, the vampires in The Strain have cloacas. Can I learn what it is today? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh I'm so sorry about this. Um, so birds and reptiles, and I believe also fish, 
uh, mm. don't not have hippogriff. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't have like a separate urethra and uh, butthole open. They just have one opening. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a one stop shop. Yeah, it's, a it's one-stop also a shop. sexual organ, isn't it? Is, is it? I I don't. I genuinely don't know. I, I don't it, go out. I don't go out looking for information on cloacas. From what <laughs> I have heard, it is. Uh, also, uh, in females, it is also serves as a vagina. Interesting. Mm. I and, mean, that um, would make sense because birds, when they poo, it's just like they yeah. they don't wee and poo; they just go. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. In the Guardians of Gold book series, which I do recommend if you like middle grade adventure, um, so they're all like owls. So they yarp, right? They like cough up pellets of like their their weight their food waste, um, which you may have dissected in a high school biology class, like a pellet. Um, and they like hate all the other birds, and they call them wet poopers. <laughs> okay, I love middle grade books. Um, wow, I'm just how imagining did we get here? including that intentionally. <laughs> so Lupin's still just going. Um, 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 we get the serious black. I've well, I've waited twelve years. Not exactly the movie line, but close. Um, okay, so there, the door opens. In the middle of their conversation. I will say real quick, the, the him being like, I've waited 12 years, I'm not going to wait much longer, is perhaps the most British thing. Because <laughs> if Sirius Black was American, Jada, I'd love your opinion on this. If Sirius Black was American, he would have been like, nah, dude, fuck off. Like, I'm doing this. I want this motherfucker dead 10 minutes ago. <laughs> only a Brit would step back and be like, I've waited quite a long time. I can only give you a mere 15 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> that is like big um, Bilbo vibes. Like so, a mm. statement like that is like so something you would read in the narrative of The Hobbit, which um, Haley and Brooke and I, I think on last week's episode of Tolkien About, we covered um, The Hobbit. And um, I do I do definitely like picture him saying that. It just makes me Narrative. It makes me think of Arthur Dent in uh, Hitchhiker's yeah. oh Guide to the God. Galaxy, where he's like, I'm British, I know how to cue, everyone yeah. follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Dent is like the quintessential British person, but also as well, like, we really are like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not even, I mean, maybe he's like top tier kind of Brit, yeah. but like, we are so like that. Yeah, <laughs> I love a good cue, definitely. And also, Brooke, I definitely agree, like, this is... That to me wasn't like a strange line. But <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, of course. And I'm fuming about something. When I've been locked in prison for many, many years, I will give my friends, despite wanting to murder someone right at that point, I will give my friend five minutes to explain the plot to some teenagers. <laughs> it also helps with the drama factor. You gotta, mm. the drama. Mm. Okay, so the next thing that happens is the door just opens. And no one is very concerned about this in a way. I mean, surely, if you know there's an invisibility cloak afoot, you would be like, someone has entered this room under the invisibility cloak. Like, doors don't just open like that. Why aren't they worried about whatever, dude? Like, honestly, this, because we know this is Snape. Like, it's this fucking is Snape. Snape. And, like... So, you know, not to get into the next chapter at all, but, like, he has been, he, from this point forward, he's standing here listening to the whole story. The whole thing. Yes. The whole thing. Mm. And then he's still afterwards is like, yep, gonna get you sent back to fucking Azkaban, get the Dementor's kiss. I don't give a shit. Like, okay, mm. you know how when you're talking to someone and you can tell that they are not listening to you, they're just waiting for their 
what they get to say next. Snape is not listening to the content of this tale. He's just waiting for the perfect moment to reveal himself. And I understand (laughs) that, like, being a wizard, he is all about the drama, as we've established. But, like, (laughs) just, you're standing right there, dude. Like, Mm. they are talking about, like, important background shit that, like, just, it's, it's legally relevant. Yeah, legally right. This is honestly like, this scene is kind of what makes me hate Snape. Like up until this point, I'm like, all right, you're kind of an asshole and you're like mean to children, but like, all right, whatever, you have honorable intentions. The end of book three is where all of that goes completely out the window. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Also, I like the thought of him being, when you were saying about um, him waiting for the moment to reveal himself, it just gave me the image of him being under the invisibility cloak, being like, oh, it's now the time? It's now the time? <laughs> being like super excited. So he, like, <laughs> Almost like um, Jade is doing some body language right now that looks like she's trying to figure out how to jump into a jump rope, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, okay, what? Okay, and now, okay, wait, uh, next time. Okay, go. <laughs> um, it's not like they're just like, shut the door keep going they're like weird that shouldn't happen i spent a lot of time in this house and the doors don't just open like that and ron i think is like well ghosts and lupin's like dude there's no fucking ghosts here i'm trying to tell you that there's no ghosts. whatever they don't care that someone is evidently in this room with them whatever okay lupin starts telling his story he's like i'm a werewolf (laughs) i have a linguistic issue with the way that this is introduced okay um, so, like, it's a little victim-blamey, because he starts off saying, like, I was a very small boy when I received the bite, <laughs> as though someone offered it to him, and he was like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. someone gave it to him in a little gift box. They're someone, like, someone rolled up in, a, in, like, an unmarked white van, like, hey, little boy, you want to be a werewolf? <laughs> Yeah, it is, like, extremely passive voice, because it didn't even say, like, was bitten, <laughs> received the mm. bite. He's, right. like, a dapper gentleman, dude. He's a, a gentleman and a scholar. Like, he uses polite language. He's mm. like, you know, I twas, I twas bitten. Right, I, but, like, still, I mean, it, he I'm with you. I, I receive fra- it. I would have been like, yeah, I was a little boy when I got fucking attacked, and, right. and my life was ruined forever. <laughs> when I was brutally attacked by a werewolf. Yeah, when I was absolutely savaged by a monster <laughs> of the night. <laughs> he has so much shame, though, doesn't he, throughout, like, yes. I didn't, I hadn't really thought about it until you said that about victim blaming, and, like, throughout all the books, he's got so much shame about being a werewolf, like, the fact that he, like, tries to leave his family for a bit and stuff like that and i'm sure we've all heard you know i don't know if i don't know if jk rowling has supported if um roldemort has like supported this or if this is just like a common interpretation that like lupin's story is an allegory for aids right and definitely the way in which he's like describing his story here does have like big Big AIDS vibe sounds really bad, but you know what I mean, though. It's like, it's like he's, you know, he puts the blame on himself. You know, he, he deflects it from the person who like gave this condition to him in a gift box. Yeah. He experiences a lot of shame. He tries to protect his family from it. He tries to not like marry and find love because he's like, I'm like ruined, you know, like I'm dangerous. So the allegory there is strong. And also, 
he's talking about how when he was a kid, there was no treatment for it. Mm. So he just had to suffer. And that too is like part of like the, the AIDS story is that like treatment for its symptoms has gotten like so much better in recent years. Mm. Um, so anyway, so now there's a potion called the Wolfsbane potion, um, which makes it so that he's just like a cute little wolf that we can snuggle with. Um, <laughs> and that is like, those are the circumstances under which he was allowed to come teach at Hogwarts is that there's this way to make him like a non-issue. Mm. But the trick is you got to take it. <laughs> God, <laughs> imagine being a werewolf with ADHD, dude, and being like, I got to take my medicine. The entire school's at risk. <laughs> imagine just being like any person. Like back when I was taking like birth control pills, I could barely, man. Mm. Like my ability, I tried to start taking vitamins every morning. I have had the bottle of vitamins now for four months. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about the, right. The, the one thirty month supply bottle of vitamins <laughs> because I can't remember. No, I've got like a reminder on my phone and one of those little like weekly pill thing, whatever's mm. that like to remember to take like my one medication and I forget it twice a week minimum. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing as well. Like I would have to do the same. I'd have to like put a little note on my phone, but like in some ways the weird wizards and their world, the wizarding world is so advanced. And in other ways, they're like the Victorian <laughs> times. It's ridiculous. Like imagine meeting like one of these characters and being like, you don't have a phone. Like what? You don't have the internet. What? I know this is the nineties, but still I had a computer. Still, Not, yeah. Our family had a computer. You know what he uses as a remember all? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. As he's turning into like a, a werewolf. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what, what am I forgetting? Was it, uh, did I, was there supposed to be a quiz tomorrow? Am I supposed to be grading something? I know it's, what is it? <laughs> I will say there's a lot of like transfiguration options, I think, here, although maybe not ethical, to turn like, yeah, like a parrot into. Uh, alarm clock where you could have it still say things to you when it knew oh it was time. <laughs> that would be cool. So Lupin is just like describing that, like how he came to Hogwarts as a kid. He's like, yeah, we like built the tunnel, like you know, the Whomping Willow tunnel for me. That was built for me. Like the Whomping Willow was planted because of me. Which, like, what a great project for one student. That you know what I mean? Like that was some digging. Who did that? Mm-hmm. Hagrid. Hagrid. Uh, He's too big. The tunnel barely fits the kids. Did you guys read um, Artemis Fowl? Yes. I did not. A long time ago. Um, There's, I think they're dwarves in the books who are diggers. They unhinge their jaws and they chomp the dirt and they just like immediately shit it out behind them. And that's how they like burrow. And that's what I'm envisioning. (laughs) That's who made this tunnel. (laughs) Wow, frightened squeaking from scabbers. Um, he's just like talking. He really is just like, wow, I haven't been able to talk to anyone about being a werewolf. So I'm going to tell you everything I've been feeling for the past uh. 12 years. Um, he's like, it's really bad. <laughs> it like felt bad. <laughs> I will say the utter brutality of him being like, hey, when I'm a werewolf, my like natural inclination is to scratch and bite people. And if there aren't people there, I just do that to myself. Oh my God, yeah. dude. Like, yikes. Yeah. yeah. 
There's a lot of parallels with, um, between, I think we've mentioned this before, between, um, Professor Lupin and fucking Bruce Banner, dude. Just, like, the most gentle scholarly men are, like, these, yeah, brutal monsters. And it's, like, it's, like, the juxtaposition is, like, so nightmarish Yeah, it's that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, they're both introverts. And it's, like, probably such a nightmare to be, like... Oh, sorry, I was, like, a rabid monster last night who, like, murdered your... Like, just don't look at me now, though, like... <laughs> me, that's just me at parties when there's moonshine available. <laughs> Ooh, I bought a bottle of that yesterday. The oh, don't tell yeah. me that. No, I'm telling you that. I love it. It's so good. Does that sound perfectly American that we're all like, oh, yeah, the moonshine thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining it in one of those bottles, like, you know, like Ketus from The Simpsons. Oh, the dude, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that? What is your, like, the moonshine you brought a bottle of? Is it? It's like legal moonshine. It's, oh, it's okay. um, I don't even know what kind of liquor it is. It's like moonshine is like a kind of liquor. It's distilled oh, yeah. from corn? Question so it's mark? like tequila adjacent. Oh. It's well, strong the way from agave. strong. Oh, I don't know anything about liquor. I mean, I... I God damn it that Brooke knows more about liquor. <laughs> no, <laughs> I only know this because they they gave a presentation at my work at one point. But oh. it's like, it's it's a high, high proof alcohol distilled from, I believe, corn. Cool. So that's what makes it different from other it's grain just, alcohols. It's just mm. different. So I bought the cool. Honey Habanero. Well, that's my plug this week. Belial <laughs> <Bell laughs> Moonshine. Belial <laughs> Moonshine. In, in college, though, people would show up to parties with just, like, sketchy-ass mason jars full of, no. like... <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I went no, to JMU, I'm, so I was in the I Shenandoah. Am, I am agreeing with you, but saying, like, no thank you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Everyone did apple pie-flavored moonshine Oh, my in God, college? yes, yes. <laughs> Who the hell used to bring around moonshine? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, yes, completely. Um, okay, alright, so Lupin's, okay, he, guess what, he's still monologuing. Um, he's like, okay, well, obviously my three best friends noticed that I was a werewolf, and <laughs> I thought they were gonna hate me, but because they were fucking 12-year-old boys, they were just like, oh, that's so metal, like, we're bester, bester friends for life now, I wanna be involved with this. So, they figured out how to become an Imagi. I um, just, I love, like, usually monologues, you know, they're so boring. But, like, mm. this whole chapter is, like, a twist done really well. Because, like, yeah. a really good twist tells you, like, recontextualizes everything that you've known up to this point and, like, changes all of it. So, mm. like, we, like, we know about James Potter. We know a little bit. We, we know that he played Quidditch. We know that he and Snape had a thing. Mm. Um... But, like, we don't really know anything about him as a person. So now he was a jackass. He was kind of a jackass. (laughs) But, like, now we're learning about, like, oh, he, like, now we've got a guy who it was a kid with best friends who, like, would do anything for them. So, like, now we're seeing James and Sirius and we're kind of, like, you know, you can't help but think about Harry and Ron. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's a real person who had, like, a backstory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The reason they became animagi is because a werewolf doesn't give a shit about animals. Werewolves only give a shit about humans. They're like, 
human blood, want to bite. But so because they're animals, they could like play with him, keep him in check. They're like, Peter learned to become a rat so that he could press the button. And I'm like, I would never make that choice. There's other ways to press the button. (laughs) Well, can you choose what animal you turn into? (gasps) Oh, interesting. Because otherwise people would pick stupid ass animals. (laughs) No, because, like, like, I can totally imagine, like, someone being like, I'm going to be a platypus. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, a dragon in this universe, which is, like, so impractical. Well, you can't choose your Patronus. And I think, to our knowledge, James's Patronus was a stag. Um, Fucking, do we know anything about Luke? Lupin would not have a werewolf Patronus, but like, but <laughs> that would be badass though. It would like his yeah. own dark self is his Patronus. <laughs> um, do we ever see Lupin? No, Black's Patronus or Pettigrew's Patronus? No, I don't think so. I think so. Okay. So there may be something to that. I don't know if we ever actively see Lupin's Patronus, but Tonks's Patronus becomes a wolf when like. <gasps> She and he oh, yeah. are having their thing, so I don't know if that's just because that, like, she was just having wolfy vibes in her heart, or mm. if her Patronus took on the same shape as Lupin's Patronus. Yeah, and I'm just, like, rolling my eyes so hard that it hurts my head right now, because I'm also remembering that Snape's Patronus is a doe, because he's a dodo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the rat thing being an explanation for pressing the button, um, really points out the flaws of the entire system that's been devised here. Yeah. Because if someone needs to transfigure themselves in order to get to the button, how is Lupin ever supposed to fucking do that like 10 minutes before he transformed into a werewolf? Yeah, I don't know. I think we've talked about maybe Madame Pomfrey like escorted him to the tunnel. So maybe she used fucking magic to do so. Mm. It just, yeah. it's like not nearly an infallible enough it's, plan. No, dude. it's not even <laughs> remotely efficient in any conceivable way. It's, it's, a pl- it's a wizard plan. It's yeah. the only criteria is, is it dramatic? Secret tunnel, yes. pretty dramatic. <laughs> mm. It's a loophole that I only really note it or like a, a flaw in the thing that I only noticed when I reread it um, for this. And I was like, wait a second, how did Lupin ever get in there before? And I thought the same. And I assume the same that someone like escorted him down like a teacher or something. But well, yeah. They, they say that Pomfrey's there, but then also that brings up the like, did Pomfrey just like not notice that? he started turning up with a deer and a dog and a rat. (laughs) I don't know if maybe eventually she was like, oh, you can like walk yourself because it's been like two years and like you're a man now and like you got this. I don't know, man. Because it took them until fifth year to make it happen. So five years of escorting this because she probably was like, dude, you're like top in your grade. Like you got this. It's just crazy that in a series where there's magic, the answer to your problems is so rarely magic. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. Lupin's like, yeah, we used to like run around the grounds like loose. And Hermione's like, that's really dangerous. And Lupin's (laughs) like, I'm an adult now and I understand that. I, I, you know, just like when I'm like, wow, I did so much cocaine in college. And it's like, I'm an adult (laughs) now. I understand that that wasn't great for me, but it's a fact of my life. (laughs) I think that a lot about my like travel choices when I was younger. Oh, I'm, gl- yeah. I'm glad I traveled when I was younger because I would not make the same choices now and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the same experiences mm. because just like I value, I have things to live for now in a way that I just <laughs> yeah. didn't when I was 23. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so then Lupin's like, you know, I've, I've been racked with guilt this whole year because at Brooke, we've, we've talked about this at length. He, he should have told <laughs> Dumbledore that Sirius Black was an animate magus. And the reason he didn't is because he didn't want to confront his own guilt for having betrayed Dumbledore's trust as a child, which to me, I would be so willing to be like, hey, I used to be uh, terrible. I uh, like I used to be terrible. And now I'm I'm an adult human with a good emotion. Like I have guilt now. And I'm like Mm. resolving all of this by telling you the truth. I Mm. do have one question about Mm -hmm. the poor choices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because he says there were many near misses and everyone just kind of goes, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen. What does like, that mean? I, yeah, I want to know those stories for yeah. sure. Did the boys like find him like with his mouth around like a kid's neck, just like so close? Hey, drop it, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> and then What's no one else? ever said, like no one else ever was like, oh, there's a werewolf running around the sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was honestly thinking about, oh God. So, you know, um, in Twilight, when like the first time in the book series that Bella hunts as a vampire, she like uh, it, they're like hunting animals, and everyone's like, "Yeah, this is good." And then like the wind changes, and it's like, "Oh, I smell a person," and she just like reroutes, and they're all like, "We have to get in front of her and like break her concentration so that she doesn't kill somebody." And I <laughs> am imagining that kind of scenario where it's just like they have to like get in front of him and distract him. But yeah, regardless, there's... Everybody, get the stick, get the stick, get the stick! (laughs) (laughs) Right, like, what is... What entices a werewolf? You know what I mean? And then, oh my god, wait. I just... Okay, I told myself that I wasn't gonna bring up Wolfstar until the end of this episode as dessert, but... Imagine them playing tug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so cute! (laughs) I can absolutely see, like, uh... Either James or Sirius, but mostly James, um, like untransforming, like turning back into a human and like using himself as bait if uh, Lupin ever got like too close to other mm. people. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then being like, shh, and switching back like, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but that made me think, when you say about them playing tug, it made me think of, I know you mentioned it before, but just that line when he says about curling up in his office as a harmless wolf, I was like, oh, he just, I just want to like just curl spoon up you. next to him and, and give him a stroke. Yeah, yeah it's so cute. <laughs> just want to spoon you, dude. Give him a little blankie, make him yeah. pat a tea, give him a tea. <laughs> uh. um, So Lupin's like Snape's been right about me all along. Sirius Black is like, why in fuck are we talking about Snape? Because <laughs> I, I, I really think that Sirius Black has not spent much time in the castle. Obviously, he has to break in, and I don't think Snape comes out of the castle. You know what I mean? He's not like an outdoor boy. He's in the dungeons. So like, Sirius Black has no idea that Snape's been teaching here this whole time. It's all of the other teachers have like a margarita night, like the teachers in Bob's Burgers, and yes! Snape is. <laughs> like Mr. Front. Oh, <laughs> they just actively keep him away. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Although, wasn't, and this is, uh, puts a spanner in the works of uh, Sirius not noticing Snape, wasn't Snape, and I might be wrong because I just reread our chapter and the mm-hmm. chapters around it, but wasn't Snape, was he a ref for the Quidditch? He, that's in, in the, the first book. Um, um, yeah. 
But he probably would have gone to Quidditch. I mean, Slytherin played Gryffindor in the House Cup, so Snape was at that. That's a good point. But that was, okay, so the Quidditch match that Sirius turned up to watch as a dog was the one that was in the pouring rain. So he wouldn't have seen anybody. He wouldn't have seen anyone, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Also, as hard as it is to think of Snape reproducing, don't parents sometimes come to Quidditch games? Oh, true. Oh. Or is that a movie memory? I think that's oh. a movie memory, but like I like I wouldn't be surprised. The only yeah. parent that we see at a Quidditch match is Lucius Malfoy, who is on the board of governors. So he probably mm. has like additional pull and like and mm. especially in Chamber of Secrets, he was like lingering around the school because he was like evil's afoot and I love it. <laughs> Sirius Black is like, why are you even talking about Snape? Lupin says he's here, not knowing how deeply true that statement is. He's here. He's right here. Um, no, he's at the school. Teach- he teaches at the school. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, he tells us what we already kind of knew, that Snape fought very hard against Lupin getting that job. Um, and then they're like, <laughs> they're talking shit about Snape. Well, we finally get the story of the prank. Um, yeah, hilarious prank. Really funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very YouTube level prank of yeah. like hitting someone full force in the back of the head and being like, I pranked you, bro. Oh, no, they're <laughs> like, I guarantee you 100% that there is definitely a whole genre of Marauders YouTuber AU fan fictions. <laughs> I'm 100% sure of that. I haven't read any, but we I don't know they check. exist. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to check. <laughs> All right, but like, talk me through this prank because I'm kind of confused, honestly. Okay, probably what happened is Snape did something that made James really mad because James was quick to anger and and lash out. Well, it says that Snape was sneaking around. Well, I got the impression that maybe he was like. Well, it was serious to... that played this prank. Oh shit! Okay, um, okay. Well, he's just he was. Uh, I feel like James was like a like an active raging jackass, but Sirius Black was like an aloof jackass. You know, Sirius what I mean? like Sirius. Keep in mind, like who raised Sirius? Like yeah, like yeah. just a whole family of supervillains. So like mm. yeah, Severus is uh, sneaking around and like trying to get in their business. And I can absolutely see Sirius being like, "Hey, bro, you know what would be absolutely hilarious." You know how you're going to get the answers to all of your questions if you just follow Remus down this tunnel. I promise it's going to be worth the walk. Yeah, literally, I feel like Snape was like, dude, what's this tunnel? And Sirius was like, honestly, just go see, dude. Like, I I don't want to talk to you. Just go fucking see. But also, like, usually, and I'm not, I must say, I'm not a prankster myself, but like, (laughs) (laughs) with a prank, wouldn't you be like, if you're playing a prank, you have a what the result of the prank would be you have like an ends goal and, like, and it's usually not like murder exactly that's yeah. what i was thinking like the only end goal was that he gets eaten by a or at least bitten and becomes a werewolf himself like it's a bad like yeah result there's oh, no there, there's no way that this is just like let's laugh and move on like that this yeah. doesn't end that way mm. a snape wolf would be the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, that would be, I I feel like, I truly believe that if Snape were to be a werewolf, he would be even worse than a Fenrir Greyback. He would be insufferable. He would Mm. be an insufferable person. He would be, like, fucking Scar from the Lion King, but, like, werewolf status. Just, like, man, like, I need you to stop complaining for Mm. a couple minutes. Yeah. 
But James gets in the way of said prank. James goes full Gryffindor and is like, no, I'm the hero now. And (laughs) pulls Snape back um, literally one step. It sounds like before he Mm. is, it's too late because he can see, he can see Lupin at the end of the tunnel. and, And James, I mean, you almost think that there was a scene there where James had to like fight Lupin off and be like, Snape, run. Cause like, there's no way <laughs> that they were that close to each other and Lupin wasn't like, human, I'm gonna eat you. Yeah. Yeah, and he just wandered down the corridor. It was definitely an extremely malicious prank. Mm. I just still think it was not a not a prank. Mm. I'm gonna vote not a prank. Honestly, I've always thought that Sirius Black would have done well in Slytherin. You know, he just like it's it's just because of he has like really self-serving vibes and like yeah, he, he's like, you know what? I frankly don't care if you die today. He's capable please, please of- Please go. No, Sirius is definitely more capable and willing to be ruthless than yeah. most of the Gryffindors we meet. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, that's probably why when all this shit went down as adults with Peter, everyone was like, oh yeah, Sirius Black turned out to be a murderer? That tracks. Yeah, that tracks. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so so Harry's like, okay, so that's why Snape doesn't like you, because because of this joke, basically. And then Snape's like, that's right! And dramatically <laughs> takes his cloak off, and he's pointing his wand at Lupin. And that's the end of the chapter. Yep. He's like, waiting for the moment he's He's been waiting for a few pages (laughs) yeah definitely but he gets it i know before you were saying that like oh yeah he's like waiting he's not listening he's waiting but surely he heard that and like i always think when sirius and james seem like utter pricks really when they were kids and snape seems like a bit insular but not like a, a dick basically he seems like a dick as an adult but you would think like he would at least if everyone it's just that everyone's always like oh no Snape he might have been a bit mean but he was good but it's like clearly he wasn't like he's just listening yeah. to all of this and he still fucked up their plan yeah it's evident like throughout this next chapter that mm. Snape went into the scene thinking it was gonna go a certain way and like nothing was gonna derail him from like yeah. his grand plan yeah, he. I'm sure he was like, I'm going to save the day. I'm going to turn these bad guys in, you know, and like, I'm going to get Lupin out of here in the process. Mostly, I'm finally going to get revenge on my high school bullies. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Man, I just like, as an adult now, like, I just don't care. I just would yeah. never. Yeah. Like, I my high care. school bullies were coming up to me at my fucking reunion. And I was just like, hey, oh, my God, look at you. You're like a whole nice person now. Like, I'm so proud of you. Way to go. But, like, like think about wizard society. Like, it's so insular that you've got, like, it, it's almost like a small town unto itself. Mm, so, yeah. like, you're just, you go to high school with people and then you're just stuck with them for the rest of your life. Like, I barely yeah. talk to anyone that I went to school with anymore because I've, like, I've I've lived in the world. Like, I, mm. I have a whole wide world of, of people and places and things. And wizards are just, like, I have wizards and wizards and that's all i'm gonna talk to yeah Mm. it is very limiting 
Yeah, they always end up with their childhood sweethearts as well. And like, yeah, no, it's 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 like which like they're as very... a lifestyle choice. I don't recommend that. No, like, generally, no, like Wizard <laughs> Society really does feel like a small town. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're in a small town environment, like you're just constantly being confronted with your shitty high school bullies, then like, yeah, the grudge is gonna stay alive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which yeah, we got other stuff going on. We can't worry <laughs> about our high school bullies. Yeah, we we don't have time for that. <laughs> but like. Even if you're, like, still dealing with them, whatever, like, they have had a break from each other now (laughs) for 12 years. Yeah. And I just can't imagine carrying that hate in my heart Snape's a petty bitch, dude. Yeah, no, you're, like, you're fully right. I don't think Snape is in any way justified in his behavior (laughs) here. I just, like, I understand how it, like, how he could possibly have maintained this grudge for this long, but also, like, let it go, dude. Yeah. I mean, okay, also, you know, I'm the last person to defend Snape, but he probably experienced, like, genuine trauma as a kid. I mean, like, the one scene that we get to see in a couple books where James, like, turned him upside down and showed the school his underwear, that's genuinely traumatizing. Yeah, definitely. And... I think that Lupin being at the school was probably the easiest way Snape was going to be re-exposed to the Marauders, but I think it's probably been really hard for him. Mm. He's probably been dealing with some, like, memories this whole year, and then seeing Sirius Black in particular probably is really triggering to him. But then also he just never chooses, like, the high road, ever. Yes, it's true. I'm the last person to defend him. Yeah, no, like, over and, like... There are so many things where I'm like, I can understand this on a logical level, but also, like, you're still making the wrong choices over and over and over. Yeah. Mm. I, I will say the one thing that I will still give to Snape at this particular moment in time is that though we have had much talk of the fact that this is Peter Pettigrew and we got a lot of background story on their childhood and stuff, what we have still not covered at this point is we have not actually seen Peter Pettigrew not be a rat. Yes. And we haven't actually gotten to the story of what the fuck happened. Right. When they got confronted. We don't yet have the actual explanation. This whole chapter was like the preface to the explanation. So like Snape's not inherently wrong here for being like, you're going back to jail, bitch. Well, and you have to remember that he does come here as like some kind of a performative thing to like confront a high school bully, save the day. But like he also is like, I'm going to protect these students who go to my school. And in the movie, I think in particular, that's made really clear, especially when Lupin starts transforming, Snape bodily protects them. And I, I respect that as well. But I feel like that was more like more directing and acting from, uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman because, like, uh, that's the thing. Everything, everything that's sympathetic about that man yeah, is like, just Alan Rickman. Because yeah, Snape, exactly. Snape in the book, like he is, he is really not here for the kids. Like he is one hundred percent here for well, for selfish for reasons. For like, selfish what reasons. is he here for? <laughs> revenge. He's just here for revenge. Revengerine, revengerine, revengerine. And like, yeah, okay, they haven't covered like the whole, you know, what actually went down with uh, the betrayal and everything. But there's obviously more to this story than the world has ever known. And like, mm. in the ensuing scene in the next chapter, does he listen to the rest of the story? Does he even entertain the idea right. that maybe it'll make a difference? No, he doesn't. Yeah, it is also worth noting that the scene I just described where Alan Rickman is protecting adorable children, in the book, he he's unconscious during that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so it, you know, that he has no opportunity to do anything differently. So before we wrap it up today, I, I do really need us to talk about Wolfstar. You'll have to give an intro to that. 
Wolf Star is the shipment <laughs> of Lupin and and Sirius Black um, as a couple. Ah, yeah. Um, because Wolf and then Sirius is a star in the sky. Um, and like, you know, that's one of those things. Okay, like, it's like Wolf Star and like, and like, Dreary are like the two ships that like I've never really entertained in any seriousness before that on this rereading it's like especially okay Draco and Harry's like next level evidence <laughs> everywhere that they just so want to make out I think like framing like this scene and other scenes where Lupin and Black interact as like like imagine that they were romantic in high school and this is like the first time they like i think i think it's only a movie line where uh snape uh, refers to them as bickering like an old married couple but they really do Mm. bicker like an old married couple and i love it (laughs) yeah yeah so here's my only thing is that i do i don't think in literature we get enough true male friendships represented in a way that is totally. like, endearing and, you know... We've even- had the same conversation about Frodo and Sam a lot. Right. And so, like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, like, on, on some regards I can see it, but on the other hand, I really do like that this is just, like, an incredibly emotionally involved and mm. very, very strong male friendship that is, like, supportive and touching and... You know, they're not afraid to be really intimate with each other. Yeah. And I I like that better than them having a romantic undertone. They can both exist. You know, that's it's the exact same way to me when I read Lord of the Rings, where I'm like, this is gay as hell. And I'm like, you know what? I know that they're probably just friends. But, like, it's fun to think about how fucking gay this is, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love... I love Sirius and Remus's dynamic no matter what. Just I love that yeah, character dynamic true. of just yeah, like definitely. the Yeah, like the the very energetic, like impulsive bad boy and like the quiet, gentle friend who's like kind of holding him back. But like not really, but but kind of holding him back. Um and like yeah. so, you know, it doesn't really matter to me either way, but like I do think it would be hot if they banged. Mm. I think that dynamic you just described is very hot, basically. Yeah. And But I think with these two characters, I think, as you know, I just see it as nice as it would be if there was something else. I think it is just a really nicely described male friendship. And, like, it's good to see, actually, in, with quite a few of the male friendships, like Harry and Ron actually being, like, sensitive to each other i know there's times that they are not but do you know what i mean like generally yeah. and that's quite nice because it's like you know rare that you read that yeah and um in this chapter you know one thing i do really like about their reunion you know is that i think that it's a really familiar kind of reunion you can tell that as soon as they start talking to each other they're like i fucking know you dude like you are exactly the same yeah, you have 12 years of trauma for being wrongfully imprisoned. Yeah, you wear sweater vests now because you're a teacher. Um, but, like, like the, they immediately pick pick up with that banter, you know? Mm. They're bickering. They're, they, it, you know, you can tell from their dialogue with each other that they are very old friends. Yeah, and like, like Sirius, Sirius would not be restraining himself for anyone else. Yeah, and I love, you mm. know, whether whether or not they're gay, you know, I, I really prefer, they always said, Sirius Black and James Potter, you'd never see one of them without the other, best friends for life, and it's like, I hate James Potter, like, as a character, he's a jackass, so Mm -hmm. I much prefer 
in my head just being like, people said that because James and Sirius were loud together. But I love Sirius preferring Lupin because Lupin brings out a better side of him than Mm. James does. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you bumped into, like, James and Sirius, it would be like, oh, it's like those two lads again just going to be like... Like, you can imagine them being in the back of their class just, like, really pissing you off and always be like, yeah. oh, I just can't wait till, like, it's a class with, like, Sirius and Lupin because at least Lupin will, like, calm him down and all yeah. the teachers being like, oh, those two are in class together and I stuff. feel like I feel like that is, like, a dynamic that you see um, in a lot of, like, teenage friend groups and, like, most... I think it kind of is most obvious with teenage boys where, like, you'll get a group of, like, boys who are all perfectly nice when on their own and then there's like one boy in the group who just brings out the worst in all of them it's and then drew. they all you're become... talking about drew i mean yeah like <laughs> there, like there was a group of boys at my like itty bitty high school that was exactly like this and like mm. and, and it's just like the type of aggression that comes out is kind of unique to i think teenage boys but like you get the same shit with girls too like don't get me wrong i know what you're mm. talking about it's like i would never have approached a group of jocks in my high school but if one of them approached me i would be like <laughs> almost like i would never approach a group of bears <laughs> but if there's just one i'd be like hey bud what's up you okay can i help you <laughs> just kidding don't approach bears for the love of god <laughs> we were just talking about this on our discord server which you know become a patron join the discord server it's yeah but like we were just talking about not approaching bears on the discord server <laughs> because it's a real thing i've seen a, a mom walk her four-year-old up to a bear in the wild being like Oh, oh, let's oh try to God. take a look at it. Just because no. people are dumb. <laughs> Terrible people, idea. At, at the park next to my house, people bring their babies to feed the geese. And I'm like, that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that geese goose has drawn blood from my dog, dude. <laughs> um, I, It was me. I was using him as a shield. It didn't work. They're not afraid of pit bulls. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is use a baby as a shield to get away from geese. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) The official restricted section stance. (laughs) The best goose shield is babies. (laughs) Imagine seeing that there's like a sign, a little yellow or orange sign that's like, you know, don't feed the geese or whatever. But imagine one next to it that was like a pictorial image of like throw your baby (laughs) it's like the hieroglyphics from the prince of egypt just like flinging a baby into the pond (laughs) (laughs) oh my god how dare you invoke the prince of egypt right now wow all right cool well let's move on to some plugs um brooke will you please go first uh yeah i am brooke matherly you can find me on instagram at passion for parks you can find me on twitter at grumpy brooke and um, I'm literally looking around my room for something to plug, like someone making up a name in a sitcom. <laughs> I, I just finished reading a book that was very interesting. Um, I don't know that it's particularly like for our user base, but it, it was called The Coddling of the American Mind, which is a more inflammatory title than the content of the book. Um, but it was basically using cognitive behavioral therapy approaches to address the way that we raise children because the way that we are raising children in America right now is giving them anxiety and it's skyrocketing depression and suicide attempts. Wow, I have noticed that in America that everyone is anxious and depressed. Yeah, ba- basically the the authors are saying that it's better to let your kids microdose fear 
Like, yeah, let them okay. get themselves into minor danger, and it will make them more resilient people. Yeah. The The more controversial part of it is it kind of ties it into the way that a lot of campuses are, in the author's mind, mishandling a lot of the social issues that we're dealing with today. Oh, yeah. So. Wow. I, anyhow, it was, I, I thought it was interesting. I checked it out on my public library. Go to your public library. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. Cool. Thank you so much. I feel like that would be like relatable in like countries like the UK as well. Like I feel mm-hmm. there's there would be a lot of similarities to the way kids are raised and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Haley, what about you? Um, I'm gonna be annoying. Uh, I am going to plug getting the vaccine if you can get the vaccine. I have seen a lot of people talking about like, well, I like I I was eligible, but I don't know. There's other people who need it more than me. Like I'm young. That's and not how this works. That's not, That's how, not how any of this works. That is not how any of this works. Um, I'm I'm a big bitch baby. I don't like needles. Um, I got big the first. Bitch baby. I am a big bitch baby. I really <laughs> don't like needles. Um, I got the first jab uh, last week. It's fine. It's fine. It's like my arm hurt for a day and then I was all right. Just get it if you can, as soon as you can. Yeah. That's my plug. Follow Haley on Twitter at the Earth to Wit. <laughs> Haley, you're good on Twitter. Just let your, let people follow you. I, let I, people follow being you. good on Twitter is not a brag because Twitter is inherently bad. Okay, but get this. It is a brag because I, you, I, people fucking look for that shit on your resume, so. What? Yeah, people like to know you're good at social media for the kind of jobs that this group applies to. Oh, yes. I thought you were being specifically good at Twitter, and I was like, God, I hope my job doesn't read my Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jade, what about you? Cool. Well, I will definitely say as well the vaccine I Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. had mine as well my first one and I had the similar thing where I got called up for my vaccine and I actually don't know why because I'm not in the age range I haven't got any underlying issues in the way the UK are doing it well what's happening is that people who are eligible are refusing it so and and like once they defrost it they have to use it or it goes to waste so like yeah that's, that's why they're making it more available to more people so my boss is in the in the states and the way they're rolling it out is a little bit different like here to in the states just in terms of like the groups of people so yeah you're completely right but i'm still like nowhere like they were going through like people in their 50s so it's like weird they didn't reach out to someone in their 40s anyway i got asked to do it and i had a similar thing where i was like should i do it should i you know, I will obviously wanted the vaccine, but was it, I was like, oh, I feel guilty. I feel like survivor's guilt to go and get it. But I went and there was no one there. Well, there was barely anyone there. So it was like, you're right, like go and get it. Because mm-hmm. even if you feel like, oh, I should let someone else get it first. Like you say, they, when they defrosted, they go off. So yeah, go like it's like, just do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and you're protecting the people who need it more than you by mm-hmm. being fucking vaccinated around them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. definitely. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to add on to to that as well for anyone that's listening in the UK to push them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, yeah, so my social medias, I can never remember which handle is which, but basically if you search Jade Gebby, there's, I think there's like one other Jade Gebby in the world as far as Facebook shows. So How dare she? If you well, we'll, search her, we'll search you, her. We will link your account in the show notes. 
Yeah, I uh, one's like J Gebby, one's J Geb, so it's gonna be a variation on J and Gebby. Um, and so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and then if you do shortly, I will. Me and some friends are making like a audio sketch show, so it's in the process of being edited at the moment. So if you follow me, you can listen to that. Awesome! Hell That's yeah. so cool. And have you been reading, um, playing, watching anything cool recently? Um, the thing that I've been watching, actually, that I've got massively into is um, a show on Netflix called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I don't oh, know if any yeah. of you have seen it. It's so good. It's I because I became absolutely obsessed with it. But um, it's cool that all of you love it because I don't know if it's just not as popular over here. But I've only met like one person who is the person recommended me watch it, and she, me and her are obsessed with it. But I haven't like found anyone else, so it's good to know that there's other people into it. And I absolutely love that show. I love musicals, and it's really funny. It's like the show I wish I had written. It's so good. Awesome. Hell yeah. Um, I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Your Girl of the World. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. Um, this week, I'm going to plug, honestly, because we mentioned it earlier, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, the book's great. The movie's great. They are different from each other. So, you know, don't expect the movie to perfectly resemble the book. It's not going to, but it carries the same like tongue-in-cheek like dry british humor and like vaguely sci-fi vibes but like mostly just like mundane (laughs) british humor honestly like but in space um alan rickman fucking the most british man in the world oh my god i'm brain farting what's his name martin freeman yes him i i recommend the the book and the movie separately and together they're excellent um cool jade thank you so much for coming on the show it was an absolute pleasure thanks for having me it was really really fun yeah and this was such a a unique chapter in that literally nothing happened it's like all backstory and um so i really appreciate your coming on to help us sort of parse it out and get get to the bottom of things thank you yeah thank you um all right and Haley, brooke thank you as always my right hand women i guess i'm just here for they, whenever you need me. You are both. most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Put me back in storage when you're done. <laughs> All right. Until next time, gang, get out of the Shrieking Shack. It's very scary in there. And there's there's just, it's really complicated. I just hope they get out fine. They they do technically get out fine. Spoilers. Um, but it's not. It's just uh, so much is yet to come. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. Listen, we didn't want to be half-bloods. If you're listening to this because you think you might be one, our advice? Stop listening to this podcast right now. Percy Jackson had the right idea when he told people to stop reading the books detailing his adventures as a half-blood. But we didn't listen to his warnings. And that's why we started this podcast, Of the Eldest Gods, where we read books written by Rick Riordan and talk about how they affected us as kids and continue to as semi-adults. You can find us every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we fooled them for a second there? Gods, I hope not. Bring on the monsters! We're making a podcast! The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. 
logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. I once bought a lottery ticket that was Old Bay scented scratch and sniff. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.